It's not an easy thing to do without support. Tonight on the News Hour, first steps, BC's Premier and his promise to respond to the Hastings tent city crisis. The timeline moving forward. So immunity is waning and transmission is uh, increasing in the community. Climbing cases, the growing impact of viral infections and your best defense to protect yourself. You can see them with their claws trying to get both at the door handle and at the wood. And shocking break-in, the unexpected furry guests who showed up inside a Vancouver Island couple's home. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening. Thank you for joining us. Sarah is off tonight. Well, it's been almost a month since BC's new premier announced the province would take action on downtown Eastside encampments. Now Global News has learned David Eby will be meeting with stakeholders this week to decide how best to tackle the crisis on Hastings Street. Here's Kristen Robinson with an update and what we can expect moving forward. It'll last about 20 minutes. People living in the Hastings encampment do what they can to keep warm as winter approaches. I've been wanting out of here for many years. Nobody's ever come up to me. They offered me housing once in the 13 years I've been totally down here. Artist Edgar Allan Rossetti feels safer in his tent than an SRO, but says he would welcome supportive housing. I'll be in there yesterday. BC's premier will be meeting with downtown Eastside service providers, Chinatown and indigenous leaders this week to determine how to respond to the crisis on Hastings Street. It's not sustainable. We can't have people living on the sidewalk. It's not safe for them. It's not uh, safe for the broader community. And we need a plan and a strategy. Late last month, city staff dismantled some structures on the 100 block of Hastings and fenced off the area. After three weeks of warnings, people were creating a fire hazard by blocking the sidewalk and doorways. The city says everyone was offered storage and shelter options although Vancouver is running out of sites for modular housing. We really need the support of senior levels of government to come to the table uh, to make it happen. We have shelter beds, but that is not a permanent long-term solution. We need to make sure that we have a place for people to go. Uh, and we need to make sure that their human rights are respected. I absolutely don't want to be living here. No. It's unsafe. David Eby says BC Housing is working to match people up with appropriate shelter. Both Brandon Hill and Jesse Phillips say they would accept any housing offers that would give them the chance at a better life. It's a lot of work to keep up with the addiction. And so you would give recovery housing a shot? Oh, for sure. The people that want to change actually can have an opportunity to change, right? Because the bottom line is the people have to want it themselves in order to get it. But do you it, want it? Absolutely, 100% I want it. It's not an easy thing to do. Without support. Kristen Robinson, Global News. The city of Vancouver says its empty homes tax continues to return vacant and underused homes to the rental market. At the end of the fifth year of reporting, the city says there were 36% fewer vacant properties than when the tax took effect in 2017. Almost half of the homes deemed vacant in 2020 were converted to occupied status last year. Vancouver's initial 1% empty homes tax was tripled to 3% of a home's assessed value in the 2021 tax year and will increase to 5% in 2023. So far, the city says $115.3 million in revenue generated has gone to affordable housing initiatives.
Well, if you're like most people, you've probably noticed quite a few of your work colleagues are booking off sick lately, much of it attributed to the triple whammy of COVID, flu and RSV that's been hitting BC. Julie Nolan has more on the advice from health experts. The holiday season is typically the busiest time of year for area restaurants. You know, we have a 250-seat restaurant. We have a rent to pay, electricity to pay, a lot of bill to pay, you know, but we don't have any staff. A significant shortage of staff for this Surrey business, not just issues in hiring and recruiting. Fully booked for that day too. But also the wave of respiratory illnesses creating serious absenteeism. It's so dire here that they can barely keep up. Shortage of staff, sickness, both impact the business. Don't take any more reservation. Don't take any more booking because we don't have enough staff. So immunity is waning and transmission is uh, increasing in the community. The medical director of the Vancouver Infectious Diseases Centre says people are just not getting vaccinated. While children are suffering, Dr. Brian Conway says it wouldn't take much for adults to become just as sick. So it's a reminder to protect yourself against the flu and COVID in particular. We've fallen behind with respect to vaccination. Although 50% of British Columbians have received three shots, only 20% have received them in the past six months and only 15% have gotten the bivalent uh, vaccine. As one person dies from COVID each hour in Canada, BC's health minister is reminding people to get the jab. Really encourage people to go on the, to the Get Vaccinated website and book their appointment and we're going to find new ways and new opportunities, uh, I believe, in the coming week as we head into Christmas to, to get more people vaccinated. For businesses like the Central City Tap House, masks and vaccines can make a difference. Perhaps, though, not in time for this busy holiday season. Every department store you go coffee, the big sign outside looking for staff. I'm not only one. Julie Nolan, Global News. More concerning news out of BC's struggling healthcare system. A code orange was briefly activated at BC Children's Hospital. The code indicates a mass casualty or disaster event. It was activated at 6.35 Saturday morning and cancelled less than half an hour later. The Provincial Health Services Authority did not provide a reason as to why it was activated, but says there were no impacts to patient care as a result. The hospital has been under strain in recent months, with wait times reaching as high as 11 hours. PHHSA adds the hospital is not on diversion and children with the highest need for care will not be refused admission. Hospitals on northern Vancouver Island are still facing emergency room closures. The ER at Port McNeil Hospital was closed again overnight because of a doctor shortage. And the ER at the Comoran Island Community Health Care Centre in Alert Bay is closed for all of today. It's been closed overnight since August 2nd and are scheduled to continue until at least December 15th. The closures come after the Port Hardy Hospital's emergency department temporarily closed multiple times in the past few months. Well, the surge of sickness is being felt across our province, and that includes the education system, which was already facing a teacher shortage. It's a situation that's forcing the Prince George School District to get creative. Kaden Fanshaw of CKPG News explains. The students here in School District 57 may not know it, but behind the scenes, there is mounting pressure to find replacement teachers when one calls in sick. And people are following the rules. They're staying home when they're not feeling well. But of course, that 
puts pressure on our system to ensure that we have people to replace. So we are making some progress in that area and in the month of um, November, we successfully hired 81 people to our school districts. One quick look at the job opening section in ST57 would indicate over 40 openings, many that just aren't getting filled. The district going as far as hiring uncertified teachers to bridge the gaps. So, so right now there's lots of conversation happening around uncertified teachers. And, and what that means in School District 57, are, these, are, these are teachers who, who've come from other countries who aren't certified yet in Canada or in British Columbia. They are, are teacher candidates or student teachers who are working up at the university doing their, their teacher training. A relentless effort to make sure adults are in front of students. The problem is bad, though, across the province, only getting worse the further north you get. Uh, we have uh, teachers, uh, we have teaching positions here in Prince George that were not filled in September. There wasn't anybody to take those jobs. Now uncertified teachers are taking those jobs. They're my members uh, and they're doing the best they can and we're supporting them as best we can, uh, but they did not have the educational training that, that most of us have had. Um, the further away you go from Prince George, that only gets worse. The growing problem leading the union to call for action from the minister. I would like to talk to the Minister of Education. In fact, I would really appreciate a meeting uh, with the minister and all of the presidents of the Northern Locals because we all have a, uh, various uh, degrees of acute shortage uh, and we all have some ideas we'd like to share. In the meantime, students continue to lose hours of learning. In the last six years of this teacher shortage, kids have lost over 20,000 hours, according to the teachers' union in School District 57, a problem that the minister has yet to address here in northern B.C. Caden Fanshawe, CKPG News. A charge has now been laid in connection with a fatal shooting at a Kamloops motel last year. In February of 2021, RCMP were called to the Howard Johnson, where police found the body of a man in his 20s in one of the suites. 28-year-old Lucas Wade Anderson is now charged with manslaughter with a firearm. Police initially said the incident may have been related to the drug trade. If you were on the roads last night, especially in Metro Vancouver, you probably noticed the return of the annual counterattack campaign. It's all part of an effort to reduce the high number of impaired driving deaths in B.C. each year. Saturday night lights. Hi there, how are you? A one-day drinking and driving blitz. Road checks on nearly every Highway 1 exit across the Lower Mainland. We have road checks set up all the way from Chilliwack out to uh, Horseshoe Bay. Nearly 200 officers sending a clear message this holiday season. We're using it to reinforce uh, to motorists the importance of planning ahead and making sure you have alternate transport and not driving while impaired. According to ICBC, 17 people are killed and nearly 700 injured in roughly 1,200 impaired driving-related crashes in the Lower Mainland every year. Across the province, 64 people are killed on average due to impaired driving. The ramp up in road checks happening province-wide, including in the Okanagan Saturday night. It's almost cliche that we, we spent millions of dollars on advertising and all the public awareness is there. Everybody knows that you're not supposed to drink and drive, but yet daily we encounter people that keep rolling the dice and we catch them. Where, for once, a traffic delay was greeted with a bit of gratitude. I absolutely love it because I have lost a lot of friends to uh, drinking and driving. The campaign is expected to last all month, warning that it's not just drinking, 
but drugs like cannabis and even prescription drugs that can also get you fined and your vehicle towed. Travis Prasad, Global News. The future of the temporary protected bike lane in Stanley Park will be decided tomorrow. Vancouver Park Board Commissioners will vote on whether to remove the lane on Monday night. The lane surfaced at the beginning of the pandemic, then shut down in September of 2020, but reopened in March of last year as a mobility study began. The results of that study expressed concerns of the allocation of road space. If the motion is approved, staff will need to provide an update on progress by December 15th. Well, a Nanaimo couple was startled awake in the middle of the night this weekend by a number of intruders who had broken into their home. They weren't cat burglars, but bear burglars. Kamal Karamali now with the story of the three bears and the surprising way they got in and out. An early Saturday morning break-in at this Nanaimo home by some unusual culprits. A mama black bear burglar and her two cubs caught on camera, sneaking in through a doggy door. With a great deal of effort, she wriggled herself through a 9 by 16 pet door opening. Unbelievable. Greeted by a startled couple and their daring dog inside. And she just pried that and gnawed at it. Jacqueline and Michael Kellum were woken up by their eight-year-old dog, Molly. She started barking very frantically, like in a way we haven't actually heard her bark before. Jacqueline then left the bedroom to investigate. And there was a bear, mama bear, right there, right in front of me. So I screamed bear and turned around hightail it back into the bedroom. In a hurry, Michael called 911 and after a few minutes of silence, he left the bedroom to survey the damage before realizing the mama bear was still in the house. I could hear some very loud snuffling noises coming from our back hall, so I hightailed it back down to the bedroom. With police on their way, it wasn't long until the furry family made a quick and speedy escape out the same way they'd come in. No bears. Nothing. Except a big gaping hole where our pet door used to be. The unwanted guests with no intention to clean up after their short stay. Claw marks on the couch, bags ripped open, fruits partially eaten and left discarded on the kitchen floor. BC Conservation officers have now set up a bear trap near their home on the outskirts of Nanaimo. So I was able to, to cut the wood and leave kind of a beveled edge. So While the Kellums taking extra protective measures. We are locking everything currently and will for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. Good thing, too, since this bear seems to have taken a liking to this little Nanaimo family, even coming back that same night to check in on them. Kamal Karamali, Global News. Well, glad they're all safe. Coming up next, a house fire is destroyed in BC's southern interior. Where it happened and how neighbors jumped into action as the aggressive fire raged on. And the heartbreaking story behind this sad-looking tabby and how Fishtifer rose to fame after going viral. A house fire that broke out late last night in Lake Country has left a home destroyed. Neighbors say the fire tore through the structure in a matter of minutes before fire crews arrived. Jaden Wozniak reports. This home in Lake Country went up in flames last night. The fire was called in just before 10 p.m. by someone who was driving by. It took off fast. You could see the flames on the inside of the garage and just totally engulfed. By the time the uh, fire department got here, it had already carried uh, towards the house. As the fire tore through the house, neighbors made sure no one was inside. You could hear little uh, little tiny explosions 
um, and glass pinging. Uh, the neighbors came running over. Um, they were pounding on uh, the doors and everything else, and we were pretty sure there was nobody home. One man who lives directly across the street describing what he saw after being woken up by flashing lights and the sound of sirens. What we saw was five uh, full pump trucks outside. There was no ambulance that we could see and there was a cruiser and they were just hitting the back left-hand corner of the house. And several firemen were going in and around the back and in and out of the front door uh, while still extinguishing. Global News reached out to the Lake Country Fire Department but did not hear back in time for broadcast. Jaden Wozni, Global News, Lake Country. It's the official launch of Christmas in Surrey tonight with the long-awaited return of the Santa Parade of Lights. Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas! After a two-year break during the pandemic, the annual tradition has once again lit up Cloverdale. It began at the fairgrounds and worked its way through the downtown before finishing up at Highway 15. A slightly shorter route than previous years, but interest was high for the return of the much-loved event. People along the route were encouraged to donate to the Cloverdale Christmas Hamper Program, as well as the Surrey Food Bank and Christmas Bureau. Just ahead, calling for change in organ donation. They're advertising that we can give our blood, but they won't take anything else. Why Saskatchewan resident is accusing the province's health authority of discrimination. That story when we come back. There's kind of this rebound thing where we haven't been able to really gather during the holidays. But first, Thanksgiving flu fallout. The U.S. reporting a surge in influenza cases and the stress on hospitals. Some sad news to share with you tonight. Children's entertainer and a regular with the Variety Telethon over the years, Bob McGrath, has died. Who are the people in your neighborhood? A post on his Facebook page says McGrath passed away peacefully today at home, surrounded by his family. He was 90. He appeared countless times volunteering at the Variety Show of Hearts Telethon here at Global. McGrath was one of the original cast members on Sesame Street back in 1969 and went on to work another 47 seasons with the popular children's show. In the U.S. tonight, there has been a major surge in cases for the flu and COVID-19 after the Thanksgiving holiday. Flu hospitalizations haven't been this high this early in the season in over a decade. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control has tracked about 9 million cases of the flu and 4,500 deaths, and COVID cases are spiking too. As Jennifer Johnson tells us, hospitals across the U.S. are struggling to keep up. Thanksgiving travel hit close to pre-pandemic levels in the U.S. last month, but millions of Americans are now paying for all the close contact that came with those holiday gatherings, <laughs> with at least 45 states reporting flu cases at widespread or high levels. There's kind of this rebound thing where we haven't been able to really gather during the holidays for two years. We might kind of overdo it this year. That just increases the likelihood that, that influenza can spread easily. Flu hospitalizations haven't been this high in early December in more than a decade. Cases are 20 times higher than this time last year. Compounding the crisis, that shortage of children's flu medications seen across North America, as well as a lack of Tamiflu for adults. Across the U.S., the situation is much like in Canada. People are getting sicker and heading to emergency rooms that can't hold them. The combination of the high viral activity and the lack of some of these available remedies and treatments 
is creating a worsening of this tripledemic. After U.S. Thanksgiving, COVID hospitalizations reached their highest level in three months, with more than 35,000 patients treated. And Christmas, Hanukkah, and New Year's celebrations are just around the corner. My plea to the community is use common sense, use the basics about spread of viruses, and try to avoid the emergency room unless you truly feel you have an emergency. Doctors are urging Americans to get updated COVID-19 and flu vaccines. Experts say the pandemic has kept flu antibodies low, making millions of people more susceptible than ever as they get set for another busy holiday season. Jennifer Johnson, Global News, Washington. A Saskatchewan man is calling for changes in organ donations for gay men after his late husband's tissues were disqualified. In fact, Wayne Belcourt is accusing Saskatchewan Health Authority of outright discrimination. Cabby Malitharan reports. I really think there's a double standard going on and, and it's, it's not fair. Dwayne Belcourt is not only mourning the death of his husband, but is questioning why his partner of over two decades wasn't able to help others through organ donation. On August 30th, Merle Donkin died from stage 4 liver cancer. Belcourt received a call from the Saskatchewan Health Authority regarding organ and tissue donations and was first told Donkin was a great candidate to be a tissue donor. An hour later, SHA called again to clarify Donkin's relationship with Belcourt. After she confirmed that um, he had had sexual relations with a man after five, before, after four, before five years, um, that, that disqualified him. All his tissues were disqualified. Belcourt says the policy is discriminatory because they confirmed Donkin was a viable donor prior to their knowledge on his relationship. You're throwing away good viable tissue or whatever you want to take from him because he's a gay man and had sex with a man. And I asked him, did you ask that question of heterosexuals? And the answer was no. Health Canada lists reasons that may be used to determine a deceased donor's risk of having a transmissible disease, including men who have sex with men saying in a statement to Global News that it isn't law and allow for flexibility in approach, adding that during the examination process should include items that would determine whether there is evidence of high-risk behavior. The SHA tells Global News the Saskatchewan Organ Donation Program is following federal guidelines. Through a statement, the medical director of the Organ Donation Program says the intent is not to discriminate, explaining that the ability to test donor tissues quickly before transplant is limited. The current guidelines are in place based on research and clinical evidence. The SODP practices will evolve when national standards evolve. Belcourt says the guidelines are outdated, especially given the recent changes made to blood donation bans for gay men, and he is looking for answers. They're advertising that we can give our blood, but they won't take anything else. Belcourt says an equitable approach to the screening process is needed. He says he may consider taking legal action after consulting with a lawyer. Kabi Malitharan, Global News. Indonesia's highest volcano has erupted following days of monsoon rains. The 3,600-meter-foot-high Mount Semeru collapsed early this morning, causing it to suddenly erupt. Residents in East Java province are being evacuated, while people are warned to stay away from a major river, which is in the path of the lava flow. So far, no fatalities have been reported. 
Well, a shelter cat up for adoption made quite the impression with one very sad photo. Take a look. Fishtifer, the cat, went viral after this photo of him was posted to PetFinder.com. Fishtifer was too depressed to eat without company, his sad eyes yielding hundreds of applications for adoption. The photo was so effective, a couple drove from Maryland to New Jersey to adopt him. Fishtifer's new owners say he is a bit shy, but is now a star on social media, getting you to his newfound fame. That's a happy ending. Well, it's not just cats up for adoption. Turns out parrots need a home too. Coming up next. Good morning to my beard, I White Santa and his helpers made a special visit to this Ladner bird sanctuary this weekend and how you can help a feathered friend this holiday season. All the latest news. All the latest updates. Get it first. Good evening and thanks for joining us. Get it at 11. Global News at 11. Welcome back. A Dawson Creek family got quite the surprise in their backyard this morning. Have a look at this. A mama and her calves made themselves at home in a backyard. They didn't stick around, though, for too long and opted to jump the fence to explore the rest of downtown Dawson Creek. And it looks a little chilly there, Yvonne. We're a little <laughs> bit uh, lucky over here on the south coast. But I did notice the fog this morning. Yeah, it's going to set up once again. Thanks, Anne. It's nice to have you here, here joining us this evening. We are going to see those temperatures drop off. We'll see it leading in towards the morning hours and some fog patches so something to keep in mind for that early morning commute. We've got the temperatures chilly in towards the interior. Prince George for example, minus 13. You factor in the windshield, minus 19 in areas along the north and central coast with the windshield overnight and in towards tomorrow morning. Could be feeling closer to minus 20. Even Whistler right now at minus 9. Plan overnight tonight we will have those fog patches in the mix. Minus 4, windshield at minus 9. Early morning hours, the fog should start to dissipate as we get in through the afternoon still bundle up while plenty of sunshine temperatures just getting up to two or the average for this time of the year typically sits closer to six degrees. Arctic Ridge of high pressure. This is the big weather story that we're continuing to follow. It's settled across the province and the outdoor Arctic outflow warning is still in effect along the north and central coast with the wind chills feeling closer to minus 20. Extreme cold warning remains in effect for the Chicolton region with the wind chill feeling closer to minus 40. So a heads up. The northern half of the province, areas along the water will see temperatures bumping up to 2. It's inland, still into the minus double digits. Now a heads up, we are going to see the potential for a few flurries starting to pick up through the afternoon and evening. That'll be for the central and southern interior. If you're planning on traveling along the mountain pass Higher elevations could see anywhere between two and four centimeters. So you'll want to check in with drivebc.ca for the latest road conditions. It'll be chilly into the minus teens for the early morning hours for all areas and towards the southern interior. Along the island, the western edge could hang on to a bit more cloud cover. The potential's there to see some drizzle. Port Alberni will bump up to the freezing mark in areas near Victoria up to three as a daytime high. Lower mainland through the day will have some sunshine as we get in through the afternoon. Bit of a different weather story. This is a heads up. It'll be cold enough as we get in towards our Tuesday morning. The potential is there that we could see some snowfall. So a heads up. It'll be into Tuesday morning with temperatures close to and hovering the freezing mark. We'll be at minus four and then getting up to two. We could see anywhere between a trace and up to four centimeters. So stay tuned. But the potential is there. Many areas will see that transition over to rain. But I anticipate areas for higher elevations could see that snowfall. Warms up above the freezing mark Wednesday, Thursday so far. And looks like we'll be back into some rain. Back to you.
All right, bundle up. We'll need a little bit of everything this week. Yeah, Two, an umbrella. And sunglasses. And sunglasses. <laughs> there you go. Okay, thanks for that, Yvonne. Well, Santa and two of his helpers arrived early in Ladner today to bring joy to a number of pretty birds. Ooh. Hi, Zoe. Here we go. The Jolly Elf was handing out treats donated from across Canada for the dozens of large parrots at the Greyhaven Exotic Bird Sanctuary. And while the facility always welcomes donations, it also welcomes volunteers. People that have two or three birds of their own talk about what hard work it is. Uh, we have 60 here and they are all large parrots. And so, of course, large parrots, large mess, um, all sorts of kinds of wonderful mess. Um, we do have some, we have a part-time staff complement here, and we do have volunteers, but it's always a challenge to get enough volunteers. And if you'd like to adopt a parrot, you can check out their website at greyhavenbirds.com. All right. They're easy to train. You just say, repeat after me. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> Nice to see you, Barry. I know you've been very busy. We've got everything. Right. What do we, we've got? Football. We've got soccer. Canucks from yesterday. Yeah. Golf. That's pretty much it. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, my thumb is sore. I've been, I've been going through the channel <laughs> Hard today. At work. Yeah, the Seahawks have been scuffling a bit the past couple of weeks. Lost uh, probably a couple of winnable games their last two. Really needed this one against the struggling Rams today in L.A. So we'll tell you how they did. And uh, England and France fans are pretty happy, both with impressive wins today at the World Cup. We'll have highlights of that and a look back at uh, good night for Brock Besser. Didn't start very well his day yesterday, but it ended well. So we'll take a look at that as well. Yeah, that was an exciting overtime last mm -hmm. night. I enjoyed that. Okay, thanks, Barry. Thanks, Yvonne. See you a little later. Coming up next, turning his retirement years into giving back. I have the self-satisfaction of knowing that I'm making some kids happy. How this Burnaby bike man is gearing up for the holidays, making these old wheels new again, all to help children at Christmas time. His story when we return. This is BC with Jay Durant is brought to you in part by Van Cam Freightways. BC owned and operated for 75 years. A retiree well into his 80s is finding he's as busy, if not busier, than ever, not working, but bringing joy to underprivileged kids. Jay Durant explains in tonight's This is BC. But the brakes are also screwed up on this one. At 85, Dennis Baker is supposed to be enjoying his retirement years. Good. That's going to work nicely. But the former office supply salesman is working harder than ever. 40 to 50 hours a week anyway, I suppose. For the past 17 years, he's been fixing up discarded bikes and donating them to the Christmas Bureau for families in need. And I have the self-satisfaction of knowing that I'm making some kids happy. The first year he donated six. Last year, a record 137. It fulfills his life. I mean, you know, at 85, he's, he's still very spry. Once word got around, bike shops started supplying him with parts and neighbors would show up with some old wheels destined for the scrap heap. Some of them are just tragic. And those I take apart, keep the good parts and then recycle the metal. Not a single bolt is missing. All the tires properly aligned and each and every bike polished to perfection. I want them looking as new as I can possibly make them with the budget I've got, which is nothing. But once again, he's managed to fill an entire storage room. There they are. A lot of hard work, but very enjoyable hard work. <laughs> On delivery day, Dennis is there to help unload. The parents, when they come in to get toys for their children, that's the first thing they ask for is, do you have any bikes this year? A lot, with some big help from Dennis Baker. 
In many cases, it'll be the first bike they've ever had. And that's the best part, getting a nice bike under the tree. It's been another very busy year in the garage. Do you take a rest now? Until uh, till these are all gone, and then we start all over again. He'll keep doing it until he, he just can't move, I guess. So it's back to the workbench seven days a week to start fixing up next year's batch. All I want is a kid coming downstairs, looking under the tree, and finding a really nice bike. That's all I care about. Jay Durant, Global News. Coming up next, the Seahawks looking to rebound from their two-game losing streak. The Rams hosting Seattle. Barry is up next with all your sports action. Stay with us. Take the family to see a holiday classic as Go Ballet presents The Nutcracker. Don't miss this critically acclaimed production where 200 performers take you on a spectacular journey to a magical kingdom, featuring live music from the Vancouver Opera Orchestra and world-class guest dancers. Show some love in your neighborhood by participating in the London Drug Stocking Stuffers for Seniors campaign. Take a gift tag from the in-store Christmas tree and purchase the items on the wish list for a specific senior in the community. For Our BC, I'm Michael Newman. Our BC is brought to you by the BC Cancer Foundation, launching the most ambitious health campaign in BC's history. Together, we will go beyond belief. Barry joins us now with sports. Where to start? There's so much to talk about today. Sunday football is never a bad place. We'll start with the Seahawks. Safe bet. Yeah, it's always a safe bet. <laughs> Still a little bit of football to go, but most of it's been done. Seahawks have played. Thanks, Anne. Uh, you know, the Seahawks had such a bright, surprising first half to their season, shocking a lot of people by going 6-3 and three and sitting atop the NFC West, but they have lost their last two and are now below the playoff bar. But a chance to right the ship today in L.A. against the struggling defending champion Rams, who have been decimated by injuries to their star players. No quarterback, Matthew Stafford, their star receiver, Receiver Cooper Cup or defensive lineman Aaron Donald today. L.A. was on a five-game losing skid, averaging just 15 points four per game. Uh, Pre-game, former Seahawk Bobby Wagner catching up with old friends. He played 151 games over 10 seasons in Seattle, considered one of the great linebackers in franchise history, but he's a Ram now. First quarter after the Rams scored in their opening possession, Seahawks answer Geno Smith to Tyler Lockett. What a move to cut into the end zone. Touchdown Seahawks. It's tied at seven. Second quarter, Seattle driving again. This time Smith with plenty of time drops it in perfectly for the tight end. Noah Fant gets both feet down and Seattle had the lead 14 to 10. Meanwhile, Bobby Wagner was giving his old friend some trouble. Gets to Geno Smith for his second sack of the opening half. Seattle led 14-13 at the break. Third quarter, Smith is going deep, and it's a perfect throw. An even better catch by D.K. Metcalf. Somehow gets both feet down while he catches that one in the air. Led to a field goal, 17-13 Hawks. But Bobby Wagner continues to be a pain. Geno to Tony Jones, who made the catch, but Wagner literally rips the ball out of Jones' hands. It's an interception for Wagner, and he is all... Fired up. Fourth quarter. Seahawks still up four, but the Rams jump back in front. Cam Akers plows his way into the end zone. And the Rams were back in front 23-20. But Geno Smith 
leads the Seahawks back. He will zip a bullet pass to DK Metcalf for the game-winning touchdown. Geno, 367 yards passing, three touchdowns. Hawks win 27-23. They improve to 7-5. And, and yes, they are back in a playoff position in the NFC. Meanwhile, NFC West leading 49ers home to Miami. Brock Purdy in at quarterback for the injured Jimmy Garoppolo. Purdy with the touchdown pass to Christian McCaffrey, 17-10 San Francisco at the half. But Miami stays close. Early fourth, Tua Tunga Viola to Tyreek Hill, and he does the rest. It's a 45-yard touchdown, and the Dolphins are within six. But the 49ers defense <coughs> excuse me, seals the deal. Tua hit as he throws. Ball is loose. Dre Greenlaw with the scoop and score. 23-yard return, 49ers win again, 33-17. They're 8-4. They continue to lead the NFC West, but Garoppolo out for the year with a broken foot. That could help the Seahawks. Jets and Vikings from Minnesota. Viking fans into it, as always. Plenty to cheer about today. Alexander Madison, a 14-yard touchdown run to make it 17-3. Interesting uh, celebration. Feigns the hamstring injury. I'm sure the coaches love that. Uh, but he was just fine. Jets made it close, but the Vikings seal it on this Kirk Cousins to Justin Jefferson touchdown. Great job to get the feet down, and the Vikings win at 27-22. They improve to 10-2. In Philadelphia, the 10-1 Eagles against the 7-4 Titans. And this was one-way traffic. Jalen Hurts going to the end zone for a wide-open A.J. Brown. The penalty flag, by the way, was on the defense for pass interference, so that touchdown stands, 14-7 Eagles. And then in the third quarter, same combination. This time, Brown has to make an incredible catch. Literally no space between himself and the defender. Check it out in the replay. How does he catch that? Great grab. Eagles roll past Tennessee, 35-10. Philly an NFL best 11-1. Big AFC clash between contenders Kansas City and Cincinnati. Joe Burrow versus Patrick Mahomes in an all-star quarterback matchup. Bengals have beaten the Chiefs their last two meetings. But KC rallied to Patrick Mahomes on fourth and goal. Fumbles at the goal line, but they said he broke the plane before he lost the ball. So it's a good touchdown. Chiefs have the lead. But back come the Bengals. Joe Burrow to Chris Evans for the touchdown. And the Bengals beat the Chiefs for the third straight time. 27-24. They are 8-4. Chiefs fall to 9-3. All right, football of a different kind. World Cup knockout stage. England and Senegal pretty tight defensively for most of the first half until Jude Bellingham's run cuts it back to Jordan Henderson and the veteran slots home his first ever World Cup goal, 1-0 England. And then very late in the first half, stoppage time, England on the break again. Phil Foden chipped to Harry Kane, who finishes beautifully. That's his first of this World Cup. Huge goal for England. They're up 2-0 at the half, and then early second half, England tack on another. Bakayo Saka chips it past the keeper. Slick play there as England are heading to the quarterfinals after shutting down Senegal 3-0. Earlier, defending champion France taking on Anne's Polish side. Late first half, France get just a bit of space and uh, they punish Poland for it. It's Olivier Giroud just turns, slots it into the far corner. France don't need much to find the back of the net. Giroud scores there, it's 1-0. And then Kylian Mbappe puts on a show in the second half. Has time and space to set up that right foot and just cracks one from the top of the, uh, to the top of the goal. World class from Mbappe. 2-0 France, and he wasn't done yet. Another quick touch 
and curls a beauty to the far side. Mbappe leads the World Cup with five goals for France in just four games. They win 3-1, so it'll be France and England in what should be an epic quarterfinal on Saturday. The Canucks are back at it tomorrow night when they host the Montreal Canadiens, 7.30 at Rogers Arena. We'll see if Brock Besser can keep the momentum going after a bizarre Saturday. Besser was supposed to be a healthy scratch last night versus Arizona, but when Dakota Joshua couldn't go, Besser was given a reprieve, and he made the most of it, scoring the key tying goal in the third as the Canucks won it in overtime 3-2. I thought he was good. I thought he was good. He played mad, which is, I'm sure he was. And, uh, uh, but, uh, you know, uh, scored a really, you know, this is what he's, he's used to doing. His shot was great. I thought he was, I was hoping he'd score in overtime. Well, I mean, a pretty cool thing. But uh, uh, I, thought he, I thought he played a good game to me. And just finished out in Abbotsford. Vasily Colson got uh, his second goal since he's been sent down as uh, the Canucks beat Laval Rocket by the final of 6-3. And in the Western League, Giants had a 3-2 lead going to the third, but Prince George rallied that final just a few minutes ago, 6-3. And Kelowna, a nice win on the road in Everett. By the way, Connor Bedard, a goal, four assists, and an 8-2 win at Edmonton today for the Regina Pats. NHL today, Jets and Ducks from Winnipeg. Ducks led 2-0 at one point. Point, but the Jets tied it and then pulled away in the third. Nice setup for Morgan Barron. That makes it 3-2 Winnipeg. And then some insurance later on as uh, Mark Shifley takes the drop pass and then pulls, drags, and fires. That's a great shot. His 13th. Jets win 5-2. They're 15-7-1, just two points out of first in the central. And a wild game from Dallas, wild and stars. Minnesota led 5-1 at one point, but the stars roar back with four in the third, including this one from Jason Robertson, his league-leading 23rd. Amazing hands on this kid, the NHL's next superstar. It would end up going to a shootout, and it's Minnesota that salvages the extra point after blowing the four-goal lead. Frederick Gaudreau with the winner, a nasty move there. Wild starting to play better as they beat the Stars 6-5 in a shootout. And final round of the Hero Golf Challenge from the Bahamas. Be nice to be there now, wouldn't it? Corey Connors, the only Canadian, got into the field when Hideki Matsuyama had to withdraw. Connors, tough first three days, but great day today. A 5-under-67, including this birdie on the tough par 3-8. His 67 tied for low round of the day. He finished 16th out of 20. Norway's Victor Hovland had a big lead most of the day. It was down to just two on 18, but he seals it with a clutch. 15-footer for bogey on 18. He wins the Hero Challenge by two over Scotty Scheffler. And we want to take a look back at uh, Championship Saturday at BC Place for BC High School Football. Senior Varsity AAA Final. Van College versus Chilliwack's GW Graham. Van College in purple. Finn Teasdale to Michael Joseph. Great touchdown catch there. Irish led 7-6. Stayed that way into the fourth. Short field goal attempt by the Grizzlies is blocked and it's Joseph again scooping and scoring a 90-yard return for the touchdown. 13-6, Van College extends its lead and it looked like they were home and cooled in this one. Final minute of the fourth, GW Graham pinned way back in their own territory but Lucas Fever going deep and it is caught. Great catch by Christian Beck. He is pulled down though at the five-yard line, shaken up on the play but a 76-yard gain and then G.W. Graham take it in for the touchdown. Braden McDonald bowls his way in, so it's 13-12. to 12. 
And we got a football game. Graham decided to go for the two-pointer and the win. But this time, the Van College defense swallows up Lucas Fever and the Fighting Irish hang on to win it 13-12 to win the AAA championship. And a perfect season. That is amazing. What a finish, though. Yeah. Great game at BC Place. Um, I have to say, so I know Poland didn't do great yes. in soccer today, but we had a Polish guy, Adrian Moronk, <laughs> win the Australian opening goal. Oh, there you hey, go. Hey, you didn't have it All in right. your sports cast, I Barry? missed that one. <laughs> Darn. I missed it, but good for Poland. Yeah, good for Poland. Okay, we're back <laughs> after a quick break. Baby's Polish a little bit. Doing Global News Morning live from the Pan Pacific Christmas Wish Breakfast. Come donate an unwrapped toy and make Christmas a little brighter for families in need. In partnership with Forest BC, investing in energy for a better BC. Well, Cloverdale is not the only place hosting a big holiday parade this week, and there was also one in Victoria. This was the scene at our provincial capital last night for the annual truck light parade and food drive. It started at the Ogden Point Breakwater and made its way through Oak Bay before returning to Victoria. Victoria. This video, by the way, was shot by our very own Jordan Armstrong. Hard at work, always <laughs> hard at work. Thank you, Jordan. We appreciate the footage. Great shot. Multi-talented guy. He yeah. is very Has it all, Jordan, doesn't he? <laughs> All right, one last look at the weather, Yvonne, before we leave tonight. We've got to bundle up. It's going to be chilly, especially overnight, leading in towards the morning hours. We've also got some fog patches, something to keep in mind for that morning commute. But you factor in the wind chill through the morning hours. It'll feel like minus 9. And then through the day, we're just bumping up to 2. Average typically sits at 6. And then a bit of a heads up, but we are going to see the potential. It'll be cold enough early morning hours on Tuesday. Could see some snow mixed with the rain, especially for higher elevations. So stay tuned. Slight chance for some wet snowfall on Tuesday and then changing back over to rain for our Wednesday, Thursday so far. All right, and watch out for that black ice early tomorrow morning. Okay, thanks so much for watching, everyone. Have a great night.